Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now
Oh yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty cool. Mother <laughs> Trucker. That's that's the coolest infomercial we've seen in days. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, man? Good, good, good. Welcome to the show. Congratulations on uh, being funded. And what was it? Three hours? Yeah, three hours. It was like a crazy day yesterday. Um, we've been working on this thing for months, and I've had the idea for Kickstarter this like my comic for four or five years. Um, I, I got into wrestling and becoming a pro wrestler because of making this comic. You know, you always hear like stories of like actors going to like you know, they go get a job in a certain place so they know how to like you know be a sous chef or something like that. And uh, when I moved to Montreal, uh, like indie wrestling here is just gigantic. It was non-existent in Toronto. I think they needed special permits and insurance in Toronto. So the 12 years I lived downtown Toronto, they just didn't have indie shows that I knew about. I'm sure they were happening, but they just weren't like on flyers or advertised like downtown. And uh, I just, you know, and it was during like the sort of like 2000 era after, you know, the attitude era. And I just lost interest in wrestling and it wasn't put in front of me. And then in 2012, when I moved to Montreal, um, a few of my video game friends took me to a, a show called Battle War and IWS, uh, two like indie shows. And they were just, you know, I was in the crowd where my friends and I are like, you know, we had just done a big job for Far Cry 3. We're like partying and like my mind was blown. It was like I was a little kid again. And I mean, I was obsessed with wrestlers and wrestling, you know, 80s wrestling with like, you know, Macho Man and Hogan and all that stuff, Undertaker. I was obsessed as a kid. And going into my teens, you know, I had The Rock and Stone Cold and I was, you know, just wrestling was up there with all of, you know, the comic stuff I loved. And then it just went away when I was in art school. And, you know, I have a, you know, a, a degree in like sculpture and fine art and all that stuff. But the whole time I wanted to be a comic creator. So when I left and went to Toronto, it just, I didn't hear about wrestling. So when I, I came to Montreal and they started bringing me to every show, you just get addicted. I started meeting the wrestlers. I started doing posters and t-shirt designs for guys. And um, one of the wrestlers, Shane Hawk, uh, who go, uh, his, uh, that's his sort of stage name, superstar Shane Hawk. He goes by Professor Hawk now on IWS. Um, his name's Andrew Stott. Uh, we started becoming friends and he got me to like come to their first, they opened a school like a IWS dojo. So they got me to come to the school. I think I was like one of the first or second students that w went to the school. And uh, I went for a few classes and, you know, you're taking crazy bumps and like after you can't move. You know, just like uh, my body, I, like for like two days, you just can't move. Cause you're not in shape like wrestling to be a, to be in wrestling shape is bananas. And, and then I, I, I had a big job doing a comic series. I think I was on Southern cross and then I came back um, to I did the dojo and I've been there ever since it's been five years uh, that I've trained at that one spot. And um, I started doing matches regularly maybe a couple of years ago where, you know, you do a match on the weekend, two matches on the weekend. And then um, 
when I got married and had a kid, my wife was sort of like, I had like a three match um, limit. She's like, you can do three a month. <laughs> Cause I was also like a comic creator, you know, and I, I do that 18 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, uh, all day I'm drawing comics. I come home, be a family man until about 10. And then I do it till three in the morning. So that and wrestling was a, a bit much. So I was only doing three, four shows, but then COVID hit. And when it, the restrictions opened up a little bit, I started training with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey, who's like a, a really insane, one of the, arguably the best wrestler in Canada. And, you know, training with him has just been like a real treat. And I get to train with like Channing Decker and Jeremy Barnoff, like some of the best wrestlers in Quebec and Toronto and Ontario once a week. And I'm really, really lucky. Um, and my game is now like now I'm, now I'm really wrestling that was really good <laughs> yeah it must be because those sound effects were amazing oh yeah <laughs> my favorite is what jeremy uh uh he, he goes by profit or sometimes he's black dynamite the guy that got me in the the power bomb and then he like gets me in the boston um that sound of like it's actually like the sound of a balloon rubbing you know what i mean i th- i thought that was the funniest thing i'd ever heard my my wife edited that whole video. Um, my wife oh, Sylvia Rack is like a a painter, um, like a like super high realist painter, and studied in Florence. So I don't know if you remember, but I lived in Italy last year. Yeah, remember, yeah. It was her going back to to school. So like, she had taken like six months off to to sort of like raise money to go back to Florence to to train, and um, that's when we hooked up and had a kid and got married. So for you know a year and a half she couldn't go back to school so once once mia was old enough to to travel we uh we went back to italy and uh, i was really like kind of like on the fence about it for a while but then when we got there it was florence italy is the best <laughs> oh i know really, we, really... we were talking back and forth here and there while you were while you were yeah. there you could like oh this, um, food, this food i'm never going to be able to wrestle again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like you can't be a vegetarian in Italy. I'll tell you that. Like the food is bananas. They have the best steak I've ever had. Best steak and best pizza. Pizza over there is like cake. Like it's like it it feels like a cake. You know what I mean? Like your pizza is like it's got this layer on top of layer. Yeah, we don't have that here. Yeah, yeah, because so but they um, want to make everything cheap. Getting back to some of that wrestling stuff, uh, Shane Hawk, Andrew Stott, um, he's like a really uh, incredible writer. So we've done a few projects together. And um, when I got sort of like a gig doing backstories for sort of like legacy characters for WWE and the Boom Studios line, um, I knew Andrew would freak out if he got to write comics. So I, I brought him in and I knew he was like wildly talented and he was like a, you know, he's a dictionary of wrestling history, like in his brain. So it started off, I was gonna like, we were gonna co-write and then immediately in the first project, I was like, well, you're too good at this. You, you just do it. And he was just wrote some crazy, amazing little short stories for us. And when we first pitched them, I think we had like 25 stories on different legacy creators. And they would kind of come and pick one or two. And like, we had some crazy ones. We had ones where if we were a regular thing, Chris Jericho would come back and forth in time to like get new scarves in each time period. So we had like 
we had like Brock Lesnar was like the time beast and he would like travel through time and, and fight all kinds of like dudes like Genghis Khan and like, you know, uh, Alexander the great. And just like, you know, he, like Brock Lesnar show up and beat them up. <laughs> there was a lot of cool stuff, but the, the one thing I think we did uh, a really fun Jake, the snake one. And it was cool. Cause Jake, the snake actually came to the IWS dojo and I got a chance to like, chat with him and hang out with him and then we went to his comedy show after and uh that was like really really cool jake the snake is deceptively crazy tall he's like six foot seven or six foot eight like i'm six foot two and in the photos i look like a little kid (laughs) like i'm taller than most people i know you know but like he's like huge yeah, well, the way the way they filmed him when he was wrestling too, they make they make him they downplay it a little bit. Yeah, so they make him just look like you know Joe Joe Average. And, yeah, exactly. No, he's gigantic. You know, and then you meet and, him, you're like, yeah, he's huge. My my uh, my wife's father is the same height. Like he's gigantic. He's like six foot seven. Our kid is going to be like Brian of Tarth. Because my family's all six foot big Viking beefy dudes, and then her family are all these like gigantic Hungarians, so it's like <laughs> it's gonna be wild, but um, yeah, it was really, 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 really cool. That's how the, the wrestling came about, and I, I started wrestling to kind of like learn there's basically like a language to wrestling, and it's always changing and transforming and adding lingo and slang and it all comes out of carny language it's like a like a derivative of like the the language and slang that carnies would use back in the day and some of the stuff is really great but one of the really cool things that i learned about wrestling was that it kind of felt like there was no difference between wrestling and comics it's the same thing it's all wrestling is so hinged on the hero's journey it's how you make a match so when you're wrestling, you, you start off with, you know, you might have some back and forth. You have these two big rams and you want to hit them together in a lockup. One guy is going to be baby. One guy is going to be heel, you know, and even if they're both baby faces in the match, one guy is going to play the heel a little more than the other guy, but they'll chain up a little bit. And then you'll go into what's called the shine where the heroes, the cool guy that the audience loves. He's the, the big, winner so he gets over on the guy beats him up a little bit until the cutoff where you know something happens where the bad guy will cheap shot him or something to get over and then you go into what's called the heat right and the heat is you know a few minutes of the bad guy just beating the snot out of the other guy but it's also like bringing the energy of the crowd down right the bad guy's job is to slow it down. It's to like make people like kind of like bored because the good guy is all about the Hulk Hogan freaking out, whatever, which is the next part, which is the the comeback. And uh, my trainer teaches a thing called comeback and fire. So you'll have like a comeback move. That'll be something big out of the heat. And then you'll move into your normal fire, which is a, a sequence of, you know, your move set that goes into you kicking ass. Like Hogan's is the, right? Like he's in a hold or whatever. And then he starts freaking out and doing this. And then the, and then the one, two, three, right? And then he'll go into his, you know, big boot leg drop. So that's like a, 
that's the, that's the fire. And then after that, you'll have a few falsies where the bad guy will get back over, you'll get back over, he'll get back over until you hit the finishing sequence, which is, you know, the sequence of all your finishing moves. What's interesting about that, you remember, all, like you can remember a hundred moves as long as you know that structure, right? So some, like, I think my, my match, that's my normal match has got to have 65 moves in it, but you remember it because it's like, okay, this is what I do in this sequence. This is what I do in this sequence. But what's interesting about that is it's exactly the hero's journey. So when you're telling a story in a comic book, right, you, you're or a film or whatever, you're kind of running in the same path. So I, I just started finding like the storytelling of a match being like this wildly interesting thing compared to the, the storytelling that I would do in a comic book. And I really don't see any difference. And what I find really weird is a lot of comic creators and pretty much every comic publisher don't like wrestling. Boom might be the only one because I know Arun Singh like really loves wrestling, but they don't like wrestling. They, they're just like, Meh, you know, that, that doesn't sell. That's not a thing. And it's like, it is no different than everything you do. The only difference is there's a ring involved. Mm -hmm. It's the guys in tights that are, there's good guys, there's bad guys. It's the same thing. So that's really where Mother Trucker came from. And I gave it like a really cool sort of like skin to the world where it's like this sci-fi world where, um, you know, Mother Trucker is a, this this trucker. Uh, and there's like an, an accident, right? And um, what you do is like, let's say you're, you're the trucker for Walmart, right? And all the contracts that come with that trucking are on a belt, like a championship belt. But I want your contracts because you're doing it for Walmart. You're making crazy money. It's the biggest contract. So I'll roll up on you in my truck and challenge you. And that automatically means that we're going to wrestle for the contract. So the back of our trucks, the beds transform into rings. And we like start having a wrestling match on the back of our things in space. And, uh, you know, the winner gets the contract and that guy's truck. And that's where Mother Trucker, the idea for Mother Trucker was basically born. You know, and I have like big corporate dudes that want certain people to win so that certain people get contracts. And Mother Trucker is kind of like my Charlotte Flair, where she just kind of like comes in and she's just unreal. I have a real like soft spot for Charlotte Flair. I think... She's probably the greatest female wrestler of all time and probably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. She's just hands down awesome at wrestling. <laughs> She's so awesome at wrestling. I, I think in her case, uh, it was genetic. Yeah, yeah, probably. Probably, yeah, coming from the fact that her, her dad is arguably the best wrestler of all time to have her be like also one of the best wrestlers of all time is not, uh, you know, I think she was like a volleyball player before that, like a pro volleyball player. I think that's how it works. I think so. But yeah, uh, yeah she's always been an athlete, but like, wow, the stuff she does in a ring is just pretty fantastic. Her WrestleMania this year, I wasn't like super hot on, but her match against uh, 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 Ripley was just, wow that was a match and considering they don't have any fans like they made it work um and i really dug it it was about a it was like a wrestling match it was really great and then of course yeah. takers takers thing with with uh aj styles was super dope too <laughs> but I, I i haven't watched it just just for 
you know, I tried watching it after, you know, COVID hit and I'm like, oh man. It's weird. I mean, they're, they're, they're tooling and playing all the time. You know, it's like watching, you know, it's like watching the, the practice run through before the doors open. And I'm like, yep. There's something, there, there was no, there was no energy. The fans. Yeah. That, that energy from the fans and the stands is missing. And so they have to perform like 10 times better than they normally would on, on any night. And I saw it uh, with, with AEW where they would have everybody from the back come out and, you know, spaced out to try to do a little, you know, fill the void a little bit. And I mean, no, nobody did it better than the than the game a couple of weeks ago where they they filled the they filled the stands with all cardboard cutouts of, of South Park. <laughs> so good, and I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It, 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 it was good. it was the Denver. It was uh, it was the Broncos. They 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 went out and they they bought. Every single cardboard cutout for every single South Park character for like the last twenty something years, and they just put him in the stands and and basically you know fastened them to you know duct taped them to you know the front of a seat and they were you know they would they were just there and they were panning around they weren't even looking at the game half the time they had like one camera panning around looking at the audience. And uh, it just reminded me, I have to watch the pandemic episode of South Park. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I've been told it's a doozy. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, AEW is great, actually. The Dark Order, so uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, uh, mm-hmm. I've worked with them a, a bunch of times, and they're they're local guys. And um, I think my best match that I've ever had was against. Uno, um, not hard. He's one of the best wrestlers like in the world. He's crazy, crazy good. Um, he's so creative, but like being in that match with him, it just two giant crazy characters in a match together. It was like everything about the match just went off like a hitch. And like, I think there was times where we were like laughing at each other in the match. Cause it was just like, so funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then after the match, we went for beers, and it was just like really exciting. It's so fun when you come out of a match and you're both like super charged about the match you had and how much fun it was. That's not all the time, you know. That doesn't happen very often. But like that one was like really big. I think that's my best match that I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stu Grayson, one time I had a a match against him, and he was in a panda suit. It was like I he was like dressed as a giant panda, and like I was I was wrestling him and biting him and stuff it was like really funny um but on um 205 live um uh ever rise uh chase parker and matt martell matt martell was my trainer for two years in montreal at iws um up here and uh he was awesome and uh he's really funny and I'm glad that they're letting them kind of off the hook a little, like off the chain a little bit on 205 Live because there is no better bully heel that I've ever seen than Matt Martell when he's going. 
he he is a brilliant heel like brilliant and hilarious how like like we're talking like uh biff from uh uh back to the future hilarious like he's so good like i remember when kevin was like kevin owens was like a gigantic heel like and a gigantic bully i mean matt martell is like easily as as good as that like if they let him go he'll he's the most entertaining thing you've ever seen i've had a bunch of matches with him and uh i won my first title off of him and it was crazy because he was my trainer and he knows exactly what i'm not good at i'm a planner when it comes to wrestling and stuff in life like i have to have it like written out planned all figured out my weakness is like pure improv sometimes right like it's okay it's not great and uh going into that match he just walked up to me and goes okay let's go and i was like whoa 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 <laughs> whoa wait he's like no 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 come on let's go maybe i'll let you do your finisher probably not and i was like <laughs> okay. so we get out there he just beat me up and then right at the end when it was supposed to be my finisher he just called schoolboy but i couldn't hear him because the crowd was going crazy so he kept up and he yelled at me and finally he got he used to have his he had like an entourage and they powdered him right with the, the magic powder and uh i just rolled him up for a schoolboy but like yeah he was crazy he was so good but i mean you know what's amazing is like we scheduled this uh, podcast and it was right when I had my first coffee of the day, which is when I'm my most Gabby. <laughs> oh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> See, I, I remember if Mother Trucker wasn't named yet, but uh, our interview a couple of years ago when you were when you were uh, doing your run on Vampirella. Oh yeah, and and Southern Cross was banging and. I had asked you what would be your fantasy book to do. And it and I threw out the idea, I go, what about if the Southern Cross was hosting a space wrestling tournament? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had definitely been thinking about that for a long time. Like space wrestling. I'm still thinking about it. Like, I want to do it. Like, I want to have a show here where it feels like we're wrestling in space. <laughs> oh, it can be done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a, a very cool, like, venue here in Montreal that's like a dome that they shoot lasers and stuff off of. And it's my dream to have a, a laser wrestling show in there, like, uh, that would be in space. That'd be really cool. But, um, yeah, so I've had that idea for a long time, the the mother trucker idea. And it really solidified when I was in Italy. Um, I was doing pound for pound and uh, on the side, I was writing mother trucker. So I have six, six, actually I, uh, 12 issues are written. Um, the, the other six are loosely written, but I actually wrote those before mother trucker. Cause the whole comic was about um, the character you see in the preview, big rig. It was about him and his daughter. And that was going to be the whole thing. And then when I was in Italy, I was looking at a, a lot of Italian comics and I, I kind of wanted to make something 
and I was like obsessed with, you know, watching Charlotte Flair wrestle. So I was like, I think I want to make it about, about the mama. And uh, that's where Mother Trucker came from. And so I have like, uh, there's like six issues that are going to come out, I guess, for this initial first book. Um, but each of them is a little standalone, the stories, right? But they're all based on wrestling things. Like the first one's the shine, the second one's the cutoff, the third one's the heat, you know, the same way as a wrestling story is, uh, you know, matches kind of like planned, which is kind of funny. Um, but there's like so many wrestlers coming up. Like there's a, there's two main bad guys. One guy's named uh, Ricky Heat. He's like a cross between The Rock and Ric Flair. Um, and he's sort of like a, a, a champion, an older champion like Ric Flair. And then he's going against the uh, Big Rig, who's in that first scene, Big Rig's brother, who's named Phil Injection. And Phil is kind of like my Shawn Michaels. And Mother Trucker is like, that's the big feud happening in the galaxy is these two, Ricky Heat and Phil Injection. And Mother Trucker is kind of like, you know, wedging herself in there to become the new champion. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be like really, really fun. Um, but every, every single comic has like a big match in it. So it's going to be uh i wanted to have have it built in that there's like a wrestling match in every single comic so the next one's really cool she takes on two truckers that are uh ladies um it's like a lady duo and uh yeah one of them is named tina torque so really cool <laughs> yeah so yeah it's uh it's really it's really really fun she gets like this dog that's like half pit bull uh bulldog uh cross with godzilla so it has like a godzilla head and it's named trucky and it kind of like gets her out of like trouble all the time it's it's gonna be uh it's really cool <clears throat> and then there's a like a vince mcmahon character that's like overseeing everything and he's the one that kind of like created mother trucker because he wants like a, a a big sort of like gigantic lady champion that's gonna take over um, cause he can't control Phil injection and Ricky heat anymore. They're kind of like out of his, out of his reach now. So he's like creating a new, a new hero. And, uh, she doesn't know that she's sort of being, you know, steered by the villain. It's going to be kind of neat. Doesn't know she's being manipulated. Yeah. She doesn't know. Yeah. One of the first books I thought of when I saw like all the different promos and everything for this was a uh, shirtless beer fighter. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the writer of shirtless bear fighter was my editor at TKO. Oh, Sebastian nice. Gurner. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Your, when your, I your TKO book is actually sitting right next to my recliner behind me. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. That was fun. They, uh, um, they sent me the They sent me the box sets this time, which was cool. The box sets are so much better than the trade. Oh, I know. <laughs> the trade is just like this trade. It's like, uh, it's a trade. But you get the box set with the floppies. I might steal that idea from Mother Trucker. Um, that might be a cool idea. But I, I loved it. And when I actually got those, it was, you know, for years I'd been fighting on different books to be the only cover artist. Because remember back in the day, it was like the cover artist was also the interior artist. Oh, yeah. And that's, kind of like how you wanted it 
right? Like if you got the cover, you're like, yay, and you open it and it's like, oh, it's like, uh, you know, like the the sea guy. You'd be like, ah, crap. You know, like you get a Jim Lee X-Men cover and you open it up and it's, you know, not Jim Lee. You're like, Ugh. So I, I've been fighting to be like the cover artist. And that's probably one of the first books I ever did where I did covers for the entire run. And they were adamant about it. They're like, no, 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 you have to do the covers. Like, and I was like, like yeah. kill Shakespeare the whole time. I want to be the cover artist. And they kept hiring other cover artists behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I have like little little fits right so but um yeah it was the first one and i'm really happy with all those covers so seeing it in that box set with all the different issues and all my covers on there that was like really special for me that was like really really cool oh yeah it was a great it was a great book i loved it yeah it was cool like uh natalie i wasn't sure what to expect because she she worked in tv and i had seen some of her shows um, and I loved, uh, uh, the Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles that she worked on. Oh yeah. That was love that series. It was so dope. Um, but I also didn't know what to expect. And as soon as I read like issue one, it was just, it was like John Milius hardcore. Like she was like hardcore, you know, hardcore action. And I was like, okay, like this thing reads like a, like a Punisher. So, you know. It was hard for me getting used to doing that because um, I don't think that's necessarily my strength is doing something in a contemporary setting. I, I always like inventing my my settings, like a fantasy setting or like a sci-fi setting. And I make the world look like unique and different, but like having to actually draw, you know, a border town on, on you know, sort of the outskirts of Mexico and uh, Texas, it was a... It was challenging sometimes because I was like, how do I make that look interesting? I mean, I can flood it with tons of stuff in there, but like it was it was tough, you know, just doing like a contemporary thing that was like, you know, something that, you know, is like an action movie. You know, a lot of times I think comics should be, in in my opinion, you know, uh, places and things that you can't do in film. You know, like Alan Moore's idea that he makes, he doesn't make comic books for film. He makes comic books that only could happen in a comic book world. And uh, I, I think, I feel like I'm sort of like on that same, same sort of like wavelength or train, you know, I don't like things to, to look sort of just contemporary and I hate drawing contemporary cars. Like in pound for pound, you notice that's my Jeep. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'll draw a lot of my Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> that was really fun. Can I get a signed edition? Yeah, hold on. Let me get the Jeep to back over the car, the, the book for you, and uh, yeah. you know, I'll send it out. Ah, neighborhood kids stole my catalytic converter. Sounds like a helicopter now. It sounds like a like a oh, chopper breaking off the ground. Yeah, it's pretty common in my hood right now. Like the the there's like a big skate park over here and like the kids will run over and steal everyone's catalytic converters and my jeep is like raised up so you know it's, it's not to get yeah they just they just crawl under there easily and they they ripped it off so now i gotta spend 500 dollars on a new catalytic converter for my 1998 jeep that's that's why they that's why they're stealing them because they can they can run down to the junkyard and and they get they can get like 150 200 bucks for them and then yeah you know, all the metal inside is like really yeah. worth money 
and the yeah. junkyard the junkyard will resell it for like 400 bucks so yeah i'm probably gonna go buy my own <laughs> you're gonna buy your own <laughs> junkyard one in. here you go uh yeah okay and next one i'm putting my name on put my yeah. name on that catalytic converter you just hook it up to a second battery so when they touch it it just zaps them that's, that's what i was thinking or like put blades under there like they get under there and there's just like giant bowie knives Ugh. my friend did that with his uh when they first started making like the the nice pull out car stereos back in like the late 90s he yeah, had like pulled. he had like seven of them stolen in a row <sighs> i remember that i got one stolen so yeah. um He installed the last one himself, and he cr he removed the firewall, crawled up underneath the firewall, and put like the old fashioned like double edged razor blades, <laughs> super super glued to the back of them. One day he came and it and it looked, his his car looked like a murder scene. <gasps> oh, it worked. But but he still had his radio. That's all he cared about. Oh my god. Oh my God. I, I go, what are you going to do about this? He goes, I'll just get some red paint spilled in. Who's going to know? <laughs> I'm like, well, like the entire school, because you told everybody. So yeah, right. He goes, well, I'm going to, if it was somebody from school, I'm going to beat the hell out of him and shove him in a locker. So yeah. he, went, he, he went walking around school looking, looking for some kid with his hands bandaged up. So <laughs> that's hilarious. So, now I gotta ask. Uh, I could have sworn I saw another video teaser from Mother Trucker, where you were saying if you got up to a certain point in the funding, yep, that you would have a private wrestling match. Yeah. So. It's it's a lot. We won't get there. But if we got there, maybe on issue, you know, one of the other stories I'm doing, if we ever get there, if I build to get there, um, it's a lot because the shows are expensive, right? Okay. So it's like if we if we ever hit a hundred, right? Which is crazy. But if we hit a hundred thousand, um, IWS and I are gonna have a backer only uh wrestling show, twelve wrestlers. Uh, full setup in the the arena that we're in now. Um, we like budgeted it out. And we got like a really good budget. And I know the wrestlers I'm going to get. And I, I, I even know the wrestler that I want to be mother trucker. Um, she's awesome. But um, I'm not going to give it that way. That would be like down the line. But um, if it happens, if we hit a hundred uh, on any of these books in the next two years, we're going to IWS and I are going to have like a full backer only wrestling show that at least for the first six months, like the people that back the Kickstarter are going to get to see. Um, it'd be like crazy. Awesome. So I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle and um, I'm sure speedball will wrestle and profit and training Decker and all our boys at IWS uh, will be on there. Green Phantom and all those guys. So It'd be super, super cool. Um, I talked to Shane Hawk about it and we, we sort of like budgeted it out and I was getting really excited and my friends were like, why would you do that? And I was like, why wouldn't I do that? Um, pay for my own show. So Because wrestling fans are crazy. 
Yeah. And comic fans are right along with them. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, if we ever did that, we're gonna we're gonna do some crazy banana stuff. Um, that like, that's sort of. Do you yeah, want to do you want to meet the real live mother trucker? Yeah. Exactly. Get us up yeah. to a hundred grand, and you will. Yep. Yep. We're gonna make that happen. I already know all the wrestlers I want involved, and how I want it to look. And, you know, we've got like the video screen in the back that can like run the, the, you know, the animations and stuff like that. It's, it'll be bananas and hopefully I'll get some lasers. Man, I've never wanted to win the lottery so much in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, But right now I'm not allowed to wrestle. It's like, where you going? I'm like, Oh, me and my wheelchair going to Canada. Yeah, yeah, it would be so crazy. Um, man, it's, it's weird That's too. I, uh, my little, my little cousin and her son uh, live up in Canamore. Mm-hmm. So uh, her son splits time between, uh, you know, lives full time with mom, but spends like you know one month of summer with dad, you know, plus weekends and stuff, and. Uh, then they come down here because uh, my aunt and uncle uh, live in Kansas. So, but they all come down to Mass because they have a they have a summer house down here, mm-hmm. and all the family, you know, all our family all own cottages like in the same, you know, in the same cove down here. So they uh, they get to, they get to spend a lot of time down here. So you know he gets he gets to travel around and everything. So. Mm-hmm. It's kind Triple of- H is from Mass, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What's what city is he from? Uh, I knew it off by heart. Now I forget. He but he's from maybe. Yeah, he's from Mass. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And uh, what's really weird is I just found out uh, the singer for Striper, Michael Sweet. Oh no way! Lives like a 45 minute drive away from me. Oh, that's crazy. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. My dream, like when I finished like all, all these books in the first series, because there's two series like totally ready to rock. In the first series, I'd love to to show the books to the rock. I think that would be super, super cool. I even have a, a cop named Officer Jabroni that's kind of based on the rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey Officer Jabroni, get over here. Hey. He's officer, officer Jabroni. We got donuts. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah. This, this is like kind of like my He-Man. So there's going to be like just tons of wrestlers in this thing, and all the wrestlers are just built. They every one of them has a build like the Incredible Hulk. I want to take a look at this now. So. Well, your goal was sixty-eight twenty-six, and you're up at eleven thousand seven hundred and thirty-seven dollars, two hundred and nineteen backers. Thirty-one days to go. Yeah, man, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, yesterday was insane. So, Fun yeah, sixty-seven hundred is basically my budget for for making and printing and shipping and coloring the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then anything after that is, uh, 
is basically giving me uh, is basically giving me uh, income to do part two. Yeah, just like extra money to. Yeah, and the the more money that comes in, I do extra stuff for the the book itself. Like um, after the podcast, I'm announcing uh, a stretch goal at 16 and a stretch goal at 18 Canadian. So at 16, uh, Danica Bryan, uh, who's this really great artist from out east who is married to Nick Bradshaw. Uh, you might know Nick, he's like a big Marvel artist. Uh, she's doing a Mother Trucker pinup at 16K, which I think we're on our way to. And then Nick Bradshaw is doing a pinup at 18. Nice. Yeah, and then I have two more artists that are going to be doing posters at 20. And then uh, there's a big artist at 30. There's a really big artist at 50 um, that are coming in to do stuff. So by the end of Mother Trucker, people might have a lot of Mother Trucker posters to do stuff with. And the poster is, when I say poster, it's like a centerfold poster. Like you would get in a Playboy or something like that. So they fold. And then yeah, open so up. They're, so they're, yeah, yeah. So they're like in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Like perfect for a garage or your locker or something like that. Bathroom ceiling. Yeah. So the book right away is 36 pages. Yep. So that's big right there. Cause I think most of us are sick of these, these 18 and 22 page books <sighs> for like six bucks. It, I can't justify like, like kickstarting something that's 20 pages. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. I mean, with the Kickstarter, you're getting a digital... Oh, and one of them... Uh, I can't remember how high it gets, but one of them, I'm actually doing a... Uh, 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 there's an art book. And I'm doing like a... You remember when you would go to Comic-Cons and you could get like the sketchbook off artists? Oh, yeah. And we used to collect them like crazy. You know, you'd get like you know, Mignola's sketchbook or, or, uh, you know, Nolan's sketchbook or, you know, uh, D Dave Johnson or Dan Panosian's sketchbook. You get all that, you collect that stuff. Like that was like the hottest thing for me at cons and people kind of quit doing it, um, in the last couple of years. But back then that was my thing at cons, just collecting art books from, from, uh, from comic creators and seeing their artwork and, God, Dan, uh, Dave Johnson used to put out these sketchbooks that pff, I think I copied for years. Just like everything about his cartooning and style I was obsessed with. He's one of my really close friends now, Dave Johnson and Dan Panosian. But I used to, you know, really, really, uh, I was really influenced by Dave Johnson's work when I was younger. Um, so yeah, you'll get a physical I, copy of that. I think it's like at 25 or 30. You get like a like if you bought the comic, you would also get a physical copy of the art book. But digitally, you're going to get like a digital one that's 40 pages. And um, yeah, I think at 20, it opens up and you get 80. It's like 80, 80 digitally, right? Like a PDF. And it has like 80 pieces of art. That's yeah, it's going to be super crazy. Yeah, because over in one of the boxes to to my right, your left, I uh, I have two pieces of original art from uh, I think back in uh, 2010. Uh, my daughter was about Mia's age then, and I'm like, I looked at her. I go, "It's free comic book day. 
And she's like, yay. I go, road trip to uncles? I go, we're going to go more than uncles. We're going to go to a bunch of different places. Yeah. Okay. So we went to uh, the shop in uh, in Mass that's uh, about 40 minutes uh, north of where I am now and uh, called uh, Rubber Chicken Comics. <laughs> that's a great name. And I'm, I'm friends with, it's like three guys, you know, own it in partnership. And I'm friends with, uh, I'm friends with Jay in my, uh, my leather jacket that you've seen with all the airbrush Joker raw stuff on it. I wore it up to the, up there. So people were stopping me to take pictures and then, yeah. you know, they, they were doing, uh, at that time, it wasn't, it wasn't long after, uh, the Boston bombing. So they were, they were doing a, uh, a benefit for people that were affected uh by by the terrorist act and uh they were raising money by by posing with like cosplayers you would donate like you know a minimum like fifteen dollars and you could get your picture taken with you know whichever character you wanted so you know i got my picture taken with dead deadpool my daughter would keep my daughter got her picture taken with harley quinn three times and uh you know we just, you know, we just, we just had a grand old time. But we, we went into the shop in the back of the shop. They had uh, Craig. Uh, they had two artists. They had Craig Russo, who, who just came off of Dynamite's uh, Death of Red Sonya series, or kill, no, Kill Red Sonya, and uh, Jack Purcell that had worked at DC for a while on on Batman and stuff. So I, I've got an original sketch like on a on a back on a backer board of Joker that. Craig did for me and Jack Purcell was, was selling his sketchbook and he did like a, a quick Joker sketch on the outside for me. But oh, I, that's still, great. I still collect uh, Joe Linsner's uh, sketchbooks like every year. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm like, I got like a half, I got a half a short box and it's nothing but his sketchbooks. Oh, that's awesome. The other, the other half is just uh, <sighs> ran, ran, random covers he's done for like the last five years. Yeah, yeah, those things are great. I was obsessed with those art books. Oh, God, yes. I have so many of Magnola's sketchbooks. It's crazy. I had them out just the other day. I was checking them out. They're fantastic. I, I, I never got my hands on the first one, and I was I was in an, I was in like a, a live sale on on Facebook with the store out in Arizona. And he, he had like a stack of early Linsda sketchbooks. Yeah. And, and he's showing them. And they're, they're all like, you know, either 20 or 30 bucks a piece. And I'm like, oh, you're killing me. And he flips <laughs> and he's he's got the very first one. I'm like, well, I know I don't have that one. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I got that. So issue one is 36 pages, full color. Yep. Written and drawn by by you. Yes, both of me. Both of yeah. you. You yeah. and the animal. Yeah, mostly the animal. He does most of the work. Yeah. Most of it, yeah. yeah. So you got you gotta take those those two promo copies back off the kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> you can't have these. Yeah. My yeah, it'll be for me. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be part of a six-part series. Each each issue will be around, you know, 36 pages, and it's going to go for, you know, it'll probably take me about 
year and a half, two years to get through the whole thing. Um, I'm going to go quarterly with them. Because um, uh, as you can see, they're quite detailed. Yes. It's yes. a very European uh, looking book. Um, so they take a little bit longer. Um, I'm taking eight weeks on them each um, to pencil and ink, and then they need coloring and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's my definitely my best work to date. But, you know, I wanted it to be worthy of the heavy metal magazines that I read as a kid. Oh, yeah. right. Which is tough. I'm trying to put myself in the same sort of like boat as Mobius and Otomo and those kind of guys as far as like the level of detail and world building. I want a comic. And uh, I mean, I make comics for my 13-year-old self. And I remember being 13 and being like, I don't want Marvel and DC anymore. I want those heavy metal magazines. I just really gravitated towards the European comic guys. And there was a little nudity in it. So obviously, you know, well, as a 13-year-old, yeah. I was like, oh, this stuff is cool. Um, so that's, that's sort of like what I'm, I'm, I'm making is kind of a combination of my wrestling life, my comic life, my my interests as far as like the books I read. Um, my wife and I are very much into like Italian comics and yeah, that sort of thing. It's going to be the digital versions. You're going to get uh, English and French. And I'm talking to someone right now about getting in, a, in Italian and German right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I, I do these like advertisements on Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. And it gives you like a, uh, uh, sort of like where the people are looking at your stuff the most and uh by far so far it's uh it's uh paris and france and uh with mother trucker it's paris france and texas <laughs> yeah baby yeah 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 right now texas is dominating <laughs> it's badass I, um, I can't i can't imagine why and the age group is really wild it's 13 to 17 you know, while DC and Marvel are making books for YA and kids, you know, like mm -hmm. the 13, 17 year olds are like all over my stuff right now, as far as when I'm looking at the numbers. So that's a, uh, that's really cool. And that's funny because it was like, it was, that's when I gave up on Marvel and DC and started reading, um, you know, Mobius and, and, um, you know, Belial and all those early heavy metal guys and all the reprint heavy metal stuff. That's where I got obsessed with it. You know, that's where I got obsessed with like heavy metal music too. You know, I was super into Metallica and Black Sabbath and, and Megadeth and all those guys. That's, uh, that's sort of like when it all happened. So. And you work on another album cover too. Yeah. I was working on another album cover for Megadeth for Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just super busy. Now with the Kickstarter going, I have about a million mother truckers to, to draw for people. And, oh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of mother trucker drawn coming up, uh, starting right after uh, this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going right to work. Yeah, I got to go right to work and start drawing till uh, I can't draw no more. That's going to be this month. This month is just going to be like drawing my butt off the entire time and then trying to keep people excited about the book and that kind of stuff. I'm doing wrestling promos all throughout the month and it's going to be really funny. Like animals going to do like, you know, Macho Man style classic promos and we're going to do a bunch of giveaways and we're going to do, uh, you know, I'll do live sketching and a whole bunch of stuff. we got a whole bunch of plans coming up 
that are going to be really cool. But uh, just keeping up with the last 24 hours has been bananas. It's, well, it's got to be brutal. Yeah. I was I was on Twitter for eight hours yesterday, like solid. Oh, I know. <laughs> I kept seeing them. I go, I go. I just like the post that I I scan down and like, oh yeah, there it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was going crazy. Yeah, so, we got uh, we got kind of like shout outs from some some really cool people like um, Scott Snyder and Becky Cloonan and. Oh, Mega Drive and Drew Gulag and yeah, it was super super great day. Like Jim Rugg, so many people kind of like came out. Jimmy Palmiotti and Frank Thierry and all my boys, Dan Panosian, Dave Johnson, all those guys kind of like came out and really supported. And it was a uh, it was really good. Jimmy Palmiotti was sort of like my mentor through the whole thing. And I have a partner, uh, Masao uh, Kobayashi, who is uh, running the video game studio. My studio is sort of like half comic books, half video games. Mm -hmm. um, there's a video game startup. So all my buddies who worked at Ubisoft kind of like broke off to make their own video game place called Cut to Bits. They're, they're starting their own game. And uh, he was my partner on this because they're going to run Kickstarters eventually. So he wanted sort of like practice as to how it how it goes down and stuff like that. So, yeah, we were on social media the entire day yesterday. And uh, we did it. It was pretty cool. Now I'm looking at the the rest of the team that worked on the book. Uh, obviously, uh, your letter is from Southern Cross, so you've yep you've known them quite a while now. Um, yep. Yeah, how, Serge has been with me for for years now. Since 2012, oh, yeah. we've been doing stuff together. Yep. And uh, what about your colorist? I know they've done work over at Heavy Metal and many yep. places yeah so tato caballero was uh um they brought him in for the the mega death comic i did with oh, yeah. uh dan fogler mm -hmm. and um it was when i i went digital and the first three pages i did for because i had to draw a certain way for pound for pound because the first two books are are traditional and the last four are, are digital so i had to have my digital work look like my traditional. So it was a little clunky sometimes, but at the same time in the background, while I was in Italy, I was tooling around with like a new style. Um, it was like, uh, you know, getting the iPad and going digital for me was like, before I was like sort of like a Navy seal. And then they gave me like the super soldier serum. All of a sudden I could do anything I, I've been trying to do for years. Um, so I had been developing this style and the, the, the rattlehead book with Dan Fogler for heavy metal was the first one. But when I got the colors back, it like took what I thought was my best work and like put it way over the top for the look that it had. It just looked phenomenal. I was freaking out. So, um, we did another project, uh, with heavy metal together. And then when this started, I knew I wanted him for this book. Like he just has the right fit. He's from, from Mexico and uh, his color style and just everything about what he was doing was really cool. But when I started getting mother trucker pages in, I was just like blown away, like oh, blown yeah. away. They're easily my best pages I've ever drawn. But then to see the colors, especially on that second page, like 
not every page for sure, but like the page beside the truck. When I saw yeah. that page, I was just floored. Like, holy crap, I can't believe we're producing this. <laughs> his, his palette is insane. Yeah, yeah. And it needs to, like, it was very colorful, like a lot of colors. And at first I didn't know what to think. And then I was like, you know what? It like, it fits this story so well. Like if you think about an 80s He-Man or Transformers or anything like that with a modern comic book coloring sensibility, it's exactly that. Like this is exactly the way it should look. So yeah, I, I was really pumped because, uh, you know, I come from a, like a, like a, a period of comic book history where everyone wants to be colored by Dave Stewart with three colors. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like if Dave Stewart got on your book as your colorist, you knew that he was going to make you look like a bajillion dollars. Like whatever happened after this, Dave Stewart was going to just make you look like you're worth everything. And I feel the same way about Tato when he does my, my work. As soon as he, as soon as he gets on there, it just, it makes it look better. And I feel like it's my best work. So, um, man, he's just killing it. Wait till you see the rest of the book. <laughs> oh, the rest of the book is so badass. Yeah. I just it was so funny because the, this first scene works so well as a hook, right? But this isn't even the mother trucker stuff. Like the mother trucker stuff coming after this where she's in a match against the bone smuggler is like crazy. It's crazy. I can't wait for that. I just want mother trucker to pin me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we got the U.S. and Canada prices up because we know there's a difference. Yeah, so what happened with that was really weird. A lot of people were telling me just to leave the prices off because I'm in Canada. You can't do a region swap. Like I can't like I can't have my Kickstarter in American dollars because um, I live in Canada. That's how Kickstarter works. Mm -hmm. So all my prices were in Canadian, but you have to round to a solid number when you're doing it. And that was sort of why people were telling me to leave it off because in American, it's going to be funny. But basically, I went through Kickstarter and all the comic books and looked at the pricing and the average pricing of everything and how I was doing it. And I just wanted to make it the same as what other people were, were charging or at least close to, to what they were charging. Yeah. On par. And yeah, uh, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty beefy book too. So yeah, you got a 36 page book and it comes with a centerfold poster and a sticker set. So you get some extra stuff and then you get all the digital stuff. So the digital stuff is you get, French, English, and I'm working on Italian uh, versions digitally of the comic. You're going to get uh, the 40-page uh, art book where I think in like we're 6K off of you getting an 80-page digital art book. And then you got my book, Black Church, that I did a few years ago that's uh, a horror comic about uh, Dracula's father. And it's kind of like uh, like a Game of Thrones version of The Omen. It's like a medieval version of the omen where Dracula is about to be born into the, the, the Vlad dynasty and Vlad's dad is like Conan the barbarian. So that's the book that comes with it. And when you get it physically, so if you got an early bird special, um, you get a copy of black church and it comes in a 45 uh, record sleeve. Oh, that's rad. Yeah. So those early bird people that that's what they're going to get. 
And if you get a mystery box, you'll probably get some in there too. Yeah, mystery I, boxes are going to get, um, we didn't really specify what the mystery box was. Is this a mystery box? But like, you'll get all kinds of comics from my warehouse. So I have just, you know, 17 years of comics. So you'll get some, you know, Kill Shakespeare, you'll get some Southern Cross, you'll get some Black Church, you'll get, you know, I got all kinds of stuff back there. So like, there's, there's no conventions for me to unload these books this year. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, Kickstarter mystery box. Oh, Kickstarter right. mystery box. Yeah, you're going to get tons of comics. Um, that's that's going to be really fun. So, yeah, you can see the black church there. It comes in that sort of like 45 record sleeve. Oh, yeah. And you get a copy of the script, which is going to be really funny because I rewrote the dialogue once I saw the art. So you get to go back and forth and be like, oh, that's different. Oh, that's different. Oh, that's cool. And I added a bar scene that isn't in the script. That's really funny. I was like, you know, every first sci-fi thing needs a good bar scene. And when you're in a universe full of space truckers that are wrestlers, that can be colorful. <laughs> yeah, ever since 1977, we needed some kind of cantina in every sci-fi epic. Yeah, yeah. And I was, it just felt wrong not having a cantina scene. Mm. Just felt like it's super wrong, especially with these all these gigantic wrestlers in a cantina. I was like, oh, it's too funny not to do it. I got to do it. It's it's kind of funny because you're talking about uh, talking to people to uh, get the book done in uh, Italian. And I actually bought, uh, I get I get a deal off of uh, an online guy that I, that I buy off of on occasion. And he had scored a bunch of Italian DC comic books with some, with some, you know, pretty nice covers. And then, then he showed off, I've got two copies of the Italian version of uh, Green Lantern number one from this uh, Morrison run. Whoa, and, cool. And I have, of course, you know, I have to bring out my copy to, to read it because, you know, all I, all I say in any of the language are bad words. So, uh, yeah, but, but it's got, the most amazing cover that I've seen like on a Green Lantern book ever. Is it a different cover? Oh yeah, it's 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 an Italian cover. You want to see it? Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds dope. Let me power up my Mobius chair. Excellent. Yeah, very cool. Back here. Oh, rad. Lanterna Verde. I That's mean, awesome. It, the, my camera doesn't do it justice. It's the colors oh, and the hues and, and him, you know, he's mm -hmm. obviously not a happy lantern right now. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I don't know if he just got a colonoscopy and he's leaving the doctor's office or, you know, what's going yeah. on. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's just rad. It's got the, uh, it's a DC title, but uh, Penny Comics from Italy is the one that does like distributes. Yep. Distribution. Yep. Thing. And they I bought two, two suitcases back from Italy full of comics. Oh, nice. Yeah, we had six suitcases coming back. <laughs> it was crazy. And we two went of them on vacation, were just we bought four comics. extra suitcases and loaded them yeah. with comics. Well, I well, mean, we lived there for like the year. So it was like we had accumulated clothing. Clothing oh, was yeah. so much cheaper down there, like, and better. So I bought tons of clothes because it was like really cheap. But I was, yeah, that's like, amazing. That cover is just, yeah, it is. Yeah, super I, cool. I, I just wish they had come in from Italy signed. But, oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd you know, be cool. But, but still, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'll take two. He goes, okay. He goes, they're 25 bucks a piece plus shipping. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I go, I'll still take them. Crazy. So we get the digital pack. Yep. Let me go down to the 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 early bird print edition yeah they're they're toast they're gone oh yeah well you know i would i would expect you yeah. know that these you know super limited and they they blew out like you know right away yeah they went quick so don't look you're... at that but look at this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so there's the 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 normal print edition Oh, and there's there's the centerfold with, yep, and the uh, sticker the stick, set. The sticker set, yeah, yep. I got to keep those away from my daughter, even at thirteen. Uh, they'll be they'll be like on a wall of furniture someplace. Oh, my daughter's three, and there's stickers everywhere. Oh well, yeah, well that's expected. Yeah. <laughs> no danger, no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, then Carl Kershaw did a, a variant cover. It's just amazing. It's kind of like a little Capcom influenced, and he does Isola for for Image, and he mm -hmm. did the Flash for DC, Teen Titans for DC. Um, Carl's just wildly talented, and we share a, a studio together. He's normally right over there. Um, he's hunting <laughs> for the week with his dad. Nice. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Carl's cover. Just badass carl's carl's the best the radical edition and not just that but you guys are going to sign them too yep yeah so carl's easy normally carrie lives in montreal but when i moved to italy uh carl moved to japan so carrie moved to calgary to hang out with his daughter and then his daughter moved to edmonton <laughs> oh my god so carrie carrie i think is moving back here for april um so I, I don't think I can get him to sign the next cover, which is a carry co cover, unless I had shipped all his books to Calgary and then shipped them back. Mm. Um, so I have no guarantee that uh, I can get him to sign his unless he like comes to Montreal for a week or two for fun. Yeah, Carrie did like the the sort of like sexy one that that's coming up next. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And when we get it, the sticker will be off. 
Yes, that sticker is not on the cover. Yeah, <laughs> that is just for that is just for Kickstarter. Sensor, sensor, sensor. Yeah, you bet. Signed, digital reward, centerfold pinup, postcard sheet, variant cover. All very cool. And to top it off, the complete cover set. Yeah, that one's really cool. I can't wait to get those like printed in, in the studio. It's going to be so much fun. That's like a retailer pack. Yeah. I have to pump that up today. I keep having retailers message me and be like, let me know when there's a retailer pack. And I'm like, oh, there is. <laughs> there is. What do you call it? The full load. The full load. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you get four of the regular cover and two of Carl's. Carrie's cover is a limited edition, so we're only doing 300 of those. Oh, cool. Yeah. Six of them for, for 80 bucks is, you know, pretty good. Yeah, for a Kickstarter, for sure. There's, uh, there's two stores I know of in the States. Uh, one is in Texas. Uh, Jen King, she's got uh, Space Cadet Comics. Yep. Uh, she is like a huge indie supporter and her store does like phenomenal with indie titles. Oh, cool. Uh, and the same for, uh, this store down in Florida, uh, called the collective. They're, they're, uh, base demo eats up indies. Like, Oh, crazy, that's amazing. Like crazy. And yeah, that's fantastic. What they do when they get, when they get like, new indies especially like kickstarter pack indies in is they feature them up at the front of the store like on a display at the counter oh that's so cool so you know even if you don't go down a certain aisle you still see them because you got to go to the counter to cash out yeah so yeah so the, there's there's the yeah. one where I, I draw you a picture mm -hmm. like a pen and ink drawing of mother trucker some original art. Wow, that that's like that's like paying for like a, a Comic Con sketch and you know getting getting a book and bonus material for free. Yep. Yep, that was the idea. It's like just pay me for the sketch and I'll toss you in the books. Yep. Yep. That's the whole thing with the original art thing. Ooh, the naughty artwork pack. Yeah, that's where I'm going to do you one with uh, no top. <laughs> we like those. Yep. Yeah, those are fun. And a mystery box. So yeah, and then the, we, we just talked about what's in the mystery box. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of mysteries. Yep. And then Get a Ride on the Freedom is your character in the comic. Cool. What's funny is my dad got that one. 
I was like, Dad, I'd probably just put you in anyway. He's like, I don't care. I want this one. And I was like, okay. So my dad, my 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 dad's going in there. Yeah, it's gonna be really funny. Grandpa Paul, as my daughter calls him. Oh, and then the whole hog, I'm gonna paint you a 13 by 19 inch painting. You're gonna get all three covers. You get the mystery box. You get the center folds, and uh, we just hit 15k uh, on the Kickstarter, which unlocked another centerfold. So there's actually now uh, two centerfolds for every comic. Wow, nice. Yeah, we just you just hit that now. Yeah, we hit that uh, like a couple hours ago, like two hours ago. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I was like, hey, everybody, we need to hit this goal, and then boom, it happens. So now everyone's gonna get two centerfold posters. Um, and then that one is the original Carrie Nord artwork. Uh, I have a friend who's a, a movie director in LA and he was waiting for that. He was like, uh, like he pounced on that one. He want he wanted it like a week ago. He, he wanted, he wanted Carrie's, Carrie's yeah, original. Yeah, original yeah. Original painted cover. Yeah. So we're yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's, but, that but this that was one, sold oh. out before it went live. Yeah, that one. It, it, well, I think it was available live. He was just waiting. He was just like on it, like waiting, because there was another guy who was interested too, and uh, I was kind of like, "Well, if you beat him," and he did. Now this one, the next one is uh, kind of a joke because we're gonna do a bunch of like promos for it, but mm -hmm. like, but for. $10,000, I will show up at your house and we'll do wrestling promos. Uh, there are restrictions. Um, there's certain places in the world I can't go to. And obviously, I, we have to wait till COVID is uh, restrictions ease up so that I can fly. Um, but that one, I, I'm going to show up as the animal at your door with the painting, uh, all the centerfold posters, the sticker set, the mystery box, and all three comics. Uh, covers. No man, one's gonna I, get that one, but that's man, like man, that's I gotta like, win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, that's that that's a funny one. Because so I would, would like show up. With awesome. a, I would, I show would up, yeah. I would love I, to cut wrestling promos. Yeah, I'd probably show up with Shane Hawk. Probably come with me, and like we'll we'll do promo work with whoever gets it. And if there was no like if there was no COVID, we'd probably do some sort of match business, but. Yeah. Oh, you want to come too? Okay, so my my partner who plays uh Scuds in the in the video, um he wants to come too. Yeah. Come on down. Yeah. So there's uh there's uh, the stretch goals that are open so far. So uh 8k. I didn't know we were going to hit this so fast. So <laughs> <laughs> I had I had a thing in it if we hit $8,000. So we have uh, digital wallpaper, uh, like for your computer, that everyone's getting now. And so it's part of the digital pack. You're going to get three wallpapers with uh, your for your phone and then one for your computer. So landscape and, uh, uh, I guess, portrait. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't um, think of it either. Yeah. We hit the 10K, so we're doing spot varnish on the, the cover. Um, 
So it'll be a nice shiny mother trucker on there for you. And the logo will be spot varnished. And uh, we're upgrading the paper stock to uh, a different paper stock I like more. It's just like a lot more expensive. Um, and then we hit the 15K. So we're getting the second centerfold poster. And then at the 20, you're getting the double size art book uh, and a making of art book. So it has like um, um, the making of the comic, but also like my wrestling history stuff. So there's like photos of me wrestling throughout the years and the animal doing stuff and uh, all my sketches that went into the design of the comic. And so it's like a little making of comic that'll come with the 80 page sketchbook. But like I said, at 16,000, uh, Danica is going to do a uh, pinup that you'll get. And at 18,000, we're going to have uh, Nick Bradshaw is going to do a pinup as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So I, I tell this story with every Kickstarter. One of the, when I first started doing uh, the Creators Outlet podcasts, one of the, one of the first... Uh, pros guys I had on the show was uh, Graham Nolan. Oh, yeah. And he was launching his uh, his Kickstarter for the Chanu. And this first uh, pledge without a reward, $10, somehow he changed the pledge without a reward to buy Graham a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And I'm like, I just want to run a Kickstarter for buying me a beer because, you know, I'm poor. So, uh, yeah, that's funny. But I want to, yeah, and then underneath, you're going to get to see a beautiful shot of my frog splash finisher. And then a nice shot of the animal there. That, that's from that, the TV taping a couple weeks ago before oh. we went to the red zone. We were still in orange. We had to get, uh, IWS had to get special permission from the government to do our TV taping. And they tried to tape about two or three months worth of matches and footage. So we all had multiple matches that day. That was a rough day. Ooh, that imagine. vest that I wear in that thing blew off in a match, like broke, ripped off. So I had to do the rest of the day without a shirt. <laughs> that was hilarious. Wow, that splash, very Guerrero of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For a big guy, I can get some serious hang time. Yeah, I can. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just want to go down like all these because the uh we get the uh the pledge uh seven dollars or more, you can get the uh the digital. Yeah, that's that's uh, all all the all you're seeing there is probably Canadian prices. Yeah, yeah. I see this DA. Yeah, so in the U.S., it's like uh, I think the U.S. is like thirty percent cheaper. Yeah, so it's like I said, there was like a. It, it's weird. I had to do it by region. If I could have done it again, I probably would have done it in American prices, just because it's, you know, a little more appealing to see the five instead of the seven, obviously. Yeah, but um, that's how it worked out. So I put the prices on there. Uh. 14 or more Canadian, uh, you get, the, yeah, that's uh, about the, 10 American. Yeah. Yeah. You get the, uh, you get the deluxe. Yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid, we'd always, we'd always get the books and I would, I would always get scared when I go up to the count and be like, Oh, how much do these go up? No, but that's the Canadian price. Yeah. And, and that's like, what I was worried about. I just didn't want like a lot of, I didn't want people to look at it and be like, Oh my gosh. It's like, no, 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 it's Canadian. 
So I made sure that the American prices were on all the graphics and, and yeah. In, instead, uh, they just saw a mother trucker and went click. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those prices are, are competitive to what other people are charging on, on Kickstarter. Oh yeah. Yeah. I looked at, we looked at a lot of Kickstarters and kind of came up with an average price and, you know, I, I offer obviously, uh, a lot more when you're getting the comic itself, you know? Yeah. When you, when you're getting physical, you, you, you get, uh, yeah. A poster more, sticker more, set. You get yeah. like all of the, the digital stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So you're getting quite a lot for, for 25 American. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. The, uh, the, is it, is it more to ship? Well, I know what you're doing with, with shipping to the U S but, are you doing international? Yep. Uh, international is a little more expensive to like Europe. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as uh, it's not wild, it wasn't too wild. But as far as the U.S., yeah, I'm shipping out of the U.S. Um, the company will ship the Canadian ones to, to Canada inside Montreal. But then they put all the American ones on a, on a truck over the border and we ship them out from there. So actually the, the, the pricing is is really good like i always pay 20 american to get a comic in a kickstarter from the u.s every time which is like 30 canadian wow yeah but you know uh that's a lot I'm of on, love i'm on kickstarter supporting other comic creators for major reasons a i, I want to see their books because um they can do whatever they want right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's their own creation. They can do whatever they want. I know that the system of comics right now is really rough. Um, people are having a really hard time getting work. Um, people that have been in the industry for like 10, 20, 30 years, you know, that have never had a problem. Everyone's out of work. Um, it looks like Marvel and DC are taking all of their books in a completely other direction. You know, most of us have spent 30 years developing a style um for that and now it's basically you know your style doesn't cut it anymore we we want something different so we have to adapt so the best way to adapt is to go into business for ourselves and watching guys like Polito and scott snyder recently and brian stelfries recently and jimmy palmiotti and some of the stuff that they're doing on kickstarter um i know that people are there they want the comics um but the, you know I go to the comic store every week and I don't buy a lot. So I want to make the comic books that I loved as a kid available to, to people. They're the books I want to write. They're the books I want to draw. And, um, you know, I think there's a big market for it there that isn't getting those kind of comics anymore. So when I go to Kickstarter, I'm supporting that idea, right? That we can do it without a publisher, without having to, you know, if I'm trying to appeal to an, an editor or a publisher who's in charge of a company, they have their own taste. And if I'm getting in the door, I have to make something that appeases them. I think that's very, very bad for creativity. Um, you're missing yeah. out on so much cool stuff that could be made because that step happens. And when it comes to Marvel and DC, um, more now than ever before, are you as a creator, just a spoke in a wheel. You know, they don't, they don't even care if, if your name is on there. Like I was telling you that story earlier when my friend, you know, 
was on that fandom thing and his Wonder Woman cover came up, they had taken his signature off the cover. Digitally, they had to have an artist go in there and take his signature off the cover. Um, if you're gonna remove our names from our creations, um, why are we creating for you? Exactly. You know, image when life. image started, when image started, it was like simultaneously like the most gangster, cool, amazing thing of all time where these creators went off and did their own thing. But at the same time, it was when the companies stopped promoting creators like superstars. Um, and that hurts you from trying to get work. Right. If we're a dime a dozen and that's how they feel, then it's it's really tough. So with stuff like Kickstarter, we can be whoever we want and create whatever we want. And there, there's no, no holding back on, the, on how wild we can get with our creations and our storylines. So um, I'm starting a company up with Carrie Nord called Lethal Comics. And it's exactly that. We're gonna run off Kickstarters. Carrie, when Carrie's done his, his work right now, he's gonna start his comic. Um, that he's developing and hopefully some of my other other pals that we're talking to jump on board and um, You know, we're gonna start kind of like a music label where you know, I'm Metallica and he's Megadeth and We're all making our own music and people can support that And that's kind of like the beauty of Kickstarter that well, I think I, is really cool. I think and I mean right now we're having because of everything going on I've been seeing it more and more because I'm doing I'm doing creator interviews like three or four times a week. Uh, this week, five times because uh, <laughs> it's just a crazy week this week. Um, yeah. But I'm seeing a resurgence in the indie comics like we had back in the uh, the 80s and early 90s when it was like insanely big because that's where we got some of this time's legends out of that's where mike grell came from yeah that that's where uh mike mignola came from um i mean and... mignola's the, the model for us hellboy's the model oh, yeah he was like a just like when I was coming up, like in my my, you know, late teens, twenties, into my thirties, he was just the model. This is a gangster. I'm gonna make what I want to make, and that's the universe. I'm gonna make my own universe. This is what I want to make. I don't want to play in that sandbox. I want my sandbox. He has always been like the model for, for what, I think most of us wish we were as creators. But when you're in a system where you need to make money. We, we try and fit into, you know, these other boxes that, you know, we always talk about being Mike Mignola and no one ever does it. And because of COVID and all this stuff going on, um, I did some big stuff in, in early 2020 where I was doing animation and I just had to, and I, I sold Southern Cross to NBC uh, Universal. And, Congratulations. Um, yeah, so they want to make an anime in Japan. And, um, you know, the Canadian government gives us a lot of money. It just, it just kind of like worked out that I had this, like this, this sort of like nest egg. And my wife was like, you know, you're not getting work at Marvel and DC. You're not getting work at image. It's time, you know, yeah. it's time to do this. So do you. do you, 
So, and everyone was pushing me in that direction and I just started and the rest is history. We did 15 K in 24 hours. Yeah. Well, and I'm not Scott Snyder. No, <laughs> I know, you know, I know I've been pushing you. I've been, I've been bugging yeah, you, like, yeah. you know, a couple of times a month. You ready yet? Yeah. You ready? You ready? Yeah. You ready? You ready? Well, there was so many things when we were talking for that huge amount of time. It took forever to get that Southern Cross deal happening. Oh, yeah. And there was a bunch of deals that were on the table that all fell apart. At one point, I had a, a publisher that was going to hire me to do Mother Trucker to the tune of, of 90 Gs uh, for the first trade. And it just all fell apart. It's just like, it was so weird. I was scheduled to do uh, Warren Ellis's next book for Image. And he kind of like quit on me around Christmas time and my family subsequently, you know, I was, you know, didn't look for work because from September until then I thought I was on his book and then he quit right before Christmas. So we were broke and, um, you know, just everything fell apart. The, the mother trucker deal fell apart. The Warren Ellis deal fell apart. Everything fell apart. And then out of nowhere, I just started doing like crazy high paying animation for video game companies in Montreal. And it gave me normally what I make in a year um, in three months. And it was the hardest three months I've ever worked. It was sleeping three, four hours every single day. I was 24 hours a day or uh, uh, seven days a week for three months drawing my ass off for this animate. I, don't, I would say it was about 25 minutes of animation, half hour of animation. Um, and my wife was painting it. And like I hired two more painters on top of that. My mom had to live with us to look after our kid and I was just burnt right out after, but it was, it was enough money to sort of like really last us. And it, it really helped out. And that's when mother trucker happened. And now, like, even now I have enough money to do the, the second issue, but you know, the more it comes in, the, the bigger, the better, the longer I can do this. You know, if yeah, it hit the more stuff you can add on to subsequent issues. Yeah, and everything like else, if the yeah. Kickstarter, if the Kickstarter hit thirty thousand dollars, that's enough for me to work until next summer, just doing Mother Trucker, just pumping out issues and pages oh, like crazy. crazy. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we hit twenty, like I'm covered till April. Montreal's pretty cheap, um, comparatively speaking to all of. Uh, Canada, it's sort of uh, the last cheapest city with the, the most fun culture and all that kind of stuff. But with COVID, you can't even go out. So, you know, I don't need a lot of money per month. But, you know, right now, if it, it gets to 20, that that takes me till April. And we're going to throw another Kickstarter in March or April for the next book. And then, you know, another one in June and then another one in September. And until we get this whole thing wrapped up. That's awesome, though. Yeah, and that's that's the dream right there. I, I want to just do my own my own work, and I've had this idea for four or five years, and it's finally happening, and all the hard work is paid off, and it's uh and yesterday, like I can't everyone who backed the Kickstarter, I can't thank you enough. Like, you don't know what it means. This is like a rocky moment. <laughs> There's no corporations behind me. This is just this is just Rocky Balboa getting the ring against against Apollo Creed. Yeah. Super yeah, it, underdog. It's, it's like you just ran up the steps and you're like, yeah, it was, it was walking home from the studio yesterday was just 
such a good feeling. It was so good because it justified that, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And and somewhere in the mix of all these mother trucker issues, you're going to have a day that you're going to be completely blown away because you're getting you're going to get an email with the uh, the teaser trailer for Southern Cross. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be crazy cool. Yeah. You know? So yeah, like we wanted to finish. Uh, we wanted to finish Southern Cross, um, and we got like the the sort of like no, and I was like, you realize like. It, it's going to be a show. So what can I do? One day, Becky wants to kickstart the, the last four issues of, uh, of uh, Southern Cross. She's oh, pretty man. like, yeah, she's pretty hardcore about that. So that might happen you know, this year. That might happen in 2021. Yeah, because, you know, you know, I was bugging the hell out of you. It ended like this. Where's the rest? Well, yeah. Gonna be yeah, a while. Everything, gonna everything be a while. Just kind of, like, oh. yeah, everything just kind of fell apart. Yeah, it was kind of like the the same as like Deadly Class for Wes. I mean, their comics are still running strong, but like their show uh, was such a great show. But the the oh, Wi-Fi I had that. sold all the pieces off to it, so Netflix couldn't buy it because the rights were all over the place. So they had to pass. So the show is canceled for good. But like, I loved. The Deadly Class show. Like, oh. I love the comics. Wes, Wes just lives up the street. He's, like, one of my best friends, um, the artist. But, um, yeah, just what a bummer that we don't get to see more Deadly Class episodes because that show was amazing. Oh, I mean, oh, I can yeah. still read the comics, and that that's fantastic. And I love Wes and his, his work, and I love Remender's work on that book. So we get to keep checking that out. But as far as a show, that's a bummer. Yeah, because oh, that was that was phenomenal. Um, yeah, that was really cool. And the actor that played the the headmaster was the same actor who played uh, um, Genghis Khan in the yeah. uh, in the Netflix series. Yeah, wasn't that amazing? That guy was awesome. That was in so the, good. All the Doctor Strange uh, movies. I saw him at a bar in Atlanta. I was at Dragon Con. And we went to uh, one of those speakeasies where it's like you go up to a phone booth and like knock on the door and you got to sing something in the window and a fake door opens. And it's like one of these ritzy like bars where drinks are like 30 bucks. And he was in there with a few other actors from Deadly Class. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, I want to thank you for hanging out. And Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I got to get to drawing. Yeah, you got to get to work, dude. Yeah, man. You you got stuff to do, and uh, the uh, the link for the Kickstarter is right here in the chat. It is also either up above or down below in the show notes, depending on where you're watching us. Whether it is the Outright Geekery Facebook page or one of our YouTube channels, uh, please like, subscribe, spread the word, and we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor for this video. SpinWiz Comics at SpinWizComics.com. It is a webcomic and indie comic discovery platform. It's free to download on iOS and Android. It has over 400 titles and growing that you can read for absolutely free. Free comics. It'll give you free comics to read while you're waiting for your first mother trucker <laughs> issue to hit your mailbox. Get out there and get... 
some mother trucker. You know, like, keep me doing it all year. I'm gonna pump out the craziest comic you've ever seen. We can't wait. I wanna, I wanna meet Mother Trucker. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I guess I draw her every day. Yeah, you know. <laughs> not you're just waiting for you know to when you get so tired she actually gets up off the page and walks out. Yeah. And here's just a little sneak peek of what it could look like on your smart device. That's the hashtag right there. Create own comics. The way to go. Please, as always, we want you to support your indie community. These guys are doing great work and it shows because all the promos and hey, the promo from the beginning of the show, the, the infomercial from uh, Bob Anger, the animal. Yeah. So can people watch this for the rest of the day? Like, is it going to go up? Uh, this is this. We're live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realize we're live right now. This this went out live. Um, they can watch it uh, in repeats forever. Okay, cool. It's gonna yeah, be that's up, what I'm uh, getting. At. Yeah, it's gonna be up. It, uh, once the cloud downloads it, when we finish the show, it'll be on the uh, Outright Geekery Facebook page, which has uh, closing in on twenty three thousand followers. Excellent. Uh, also, their YouTube channel, also my YouTube channel at uh, Joker Fan Pop Culture Talk. And uh, as soon as this downloads and is available, I will get you one of the YouTube links. Yeah, give me some links and, and I'll, 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 and I'll, I'll uh, push yeah. push the heck out of it. Yeah, I'll send it. I'll send the I'll send the YouTube links to you, and uh, we're good. Everybody else, Andy needs to get to drawing because he's got a bunch of. Mother truckers to draw, and uh, yeah, you bet. The rest of us need to get over to the Kickstarter. So, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Get yourself some mother trucker action, and uh, I'll be back in a couple hours. All right, thanks. Take care. <laughs>